0: Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. Hey, welcome to Baptism Sunday. I am excited about it. I hope you were excited about it. Um, I know what you're thinking. It's cold. And listen... It is is for real cold. Um, I got nothing. It's cold. Um, We we held off on baptisms during the winter because we were like, hey, you know, we'll wait until it warms up for our people. And so I thought um, it was going to warm up, and we got third winter. So this is, this is, this weather, is this weather crazy or is it just me? Like this is, uh, it was like 80 degrees last night. I walked to outside to the car, and I was wearing like a little sweat jacket thing. And I was like, this is, this is going to be too hot. I shouldn't have worn this. And I got in the car. We drove 10 minutes to my son's baseball game. I got out of the car, and it was 50 degrees. And I was like, I'm a genius. I knew it. I'm prophetic. That's what this is. I'm so glad I wore this. My wife was like, I should have brought a jacket. I'm like, if you would have listened to me. I knew we should dress for, warm, for cold weather. So, um, No, but I, I'm really excited. We are going to. I got baptized. In water so much colder than this. We were, um, two years ago, I was in Israel. And they go, hey, you, everybody wants to get baptized in the Jordan River. So, you know, they're like, let's go to the Jordan River. So we go and they have this one nice tourist spot. First of all, there's some water right here. So if I just slip during while I'm preaching, you guys know it wasn't for no reason. It was this water. Um, and and so we go and it says nice tourist place They got hot showers they got like you know it's like really cool and we're like awesome and everyone asked the question that you would ask too you're like is this where jesus got baptized and they're like well not really this is just like a tourist spot the water's clean here you know it's a it's a clean part of the river the part where jesus got baptized is like an hour away we're like well that's the, we want to go to that spot so they're like you sure now i when they said it like that i should have known they knew something that i didn't know they were like you sure i was like I, sure, why not? I don't know. I've never been here. You tell me. Like what? Yeah, let's go. So we go, and we get there, and it is in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, it's just in the middle of nowhere. And um, it's right on the Jordanian border. So you have, like, soldiers on one side with, like, guns, like, garden, like, so you just don't, like, swim across. And, um, well, we get there, and it was really cool because they had, like, this whole festival going on. And there's, like, all these people out, of, out in the middle of nowhere around this, like, river and so we asked the guy what's going on he goes i don't know and you know because they're all jewish so they really jesus is kind of outside of their thought process even it's not it's not a part of their daily lives and so the guy goes let me go find out and he goes and comes back. He goes, oh, I forgot. He goes, today's actually the day they celebrate that Jesus got baptized, you know, however many years ago on this day, this is the day they celebrate. So we got baptized in the Jordan on the day they celebrate that Jesus got baptized in the Jordan. And let me tell you, I should show you all the video, but for my own sake, I won't because it is so cold. They dipped me under that water and I came up so fast out of there. Like I was like, get me out of this water. I have no desire to be in Israel. I don't want to be in this water anymore. I want to be home in a shower in Texas. Like it was so freezing. And all I could think of was just like Jesus was a grown man. Like he was just out here, no towels. He didn't have a bus to go get on. He was like, This water, we'll do it. Got in freezing cold water and then walked into the desert for 40 days. That's why he was seeing the devil. He was hypothermic. I'll tell you, that's what I almost saw the devil after that experience too. I'm telling you. Went under the water and came up and was like, dear God. Hey, let's pray and we'll jump into it. Dear God, thank you so much for this time we have together. I pray that you would speak to us. God, thank you that today we get to follow you in obedience. God, we get to do something that you laid out for us thousands of years ago. And today we remember your sacrifice. We remember what you've done for us, the life you've given us, the freedom you've given us. God, I just pray that we'd have a great day. We'd learn a little. We'd get a little closer to you and a little closer to each other. Bless our time together. In Jesus' precious name and everybody said Amen. Diedrich Bonhoeffer said, one act of obedience is better than listening to a thousand sermons. I want you to think about that today. One act of obedience is better than listening to a thousand sermons. I really wish someone would have told my parents that because I listened to a thousand sermons and I did not obey very much. But I think they thought the more sermons I listened to, the more obedient I would become. One act of obedience is better than listening to a thousand sermons, and I believe this is what Jesus set the precedence for us over 2,000 years ago, that Jesus comes out, and to understand baptism, you have to first understand kind of the Jewish culture, okay? How many of you have been to Israel? How many of you have ever gone? Awesome, cool. How many of you want to go to Israel? All right, everyone that didn't raise their hands, I saw you, and we're giving away free trips today, so I, you, I saw you, and you, and you're not going, and... Uh, no, it, it it is it is an awesome experience, super cool, I've been twice, I go with a group of guys that goes and we meet with, with literally everyone but Benjamin Netanyahu, we go to their like White House and we do all kind of stuff to build Jewish Christian relationships and so we get to kind of see Israel from a different perspective, we go with a very um, Orthodox Jewish rabbi travels with us, it's not very, it's not like a Christian tour, it's not like we do see obviously the sites of the Bible but really it's more of a trying to understand the Jewish people's perspective on life and so so um, it's awesome because you get perspective that, that, you know, you only know what you know. We in our Western mind only know what we know. And you go there and you see the world from such a different perspective. And all of a sudden you go, oh my gosh, like there's so much that we don't know. So in order to understand why baptisms, what the purpose of them all is, you have to understand, one, obviously Jesus was Jewish. You guys know that Jesus was Jewish, correct? I, I, I asked you all this a couple weeks back when I got back from Israel. But on the bus with all these pastors were driving and a guy said, I bet honestly he goes I would I would probably say 80% of my congregation doesn't know that Jesus was Jewish and I was like where are you from he was like California I was like well that's why that's your first problem <laughs> Um, I was like I'm pretty sure 95% of my congregation knows that Jesus was Jewish and he was like no man I'm telling you so how many of you know that Jesus was Jewish okay good yep all right awesome Jesus was Jewish and he was raised Jewish and so that means he would have obeyed all of the Jewish laws he would have lived by them and one of the central themes of the Jewish lifestyle is what they call a mikvah, okay? Maybe you don't know what that is. Maybe you do know what that is. A mikvah is like a ceremonial bath that they would have to do at different times throughout their life, okay? You'd have to do it uh, before you got married. You'd have to do it anytime time you touched something unclean. You'd have to do it if you had a sickness, and then you got better. And then you'd have to go, and it was this ritualistic thing. And it's cool because when you go there, they're cut out into the ground, and they would fill with rainwater. And you would have to go, and you would dip. And for them, it was a symbolism of the old passing away, whatever was on you, whatever disease you had gone through, whatever relationship you had come out of, whatever, this old part of you passing away. And when you came up, for them, the water was symbolic both of death, because what was under the water was left there, and also life, because for them, the water symbolized the mother's womb. So just like when you were born, you came out of, you were born by water. Okay? It, for them, it's the same thing. When you came out of the water, it was like you were being reborn again, and all of you was now new. The things that were in the water before were left there. The parts of you that were dead stayed there, and new life came about. The word baptism actually comes from the Greek word baptizo, which primarily means a, cha- a thorough change of condition accomplished through immersion. A thorough change of condition accomplished through immersion. I want to read you this about. what what the Jews see mikvah as, it's so important. Judaism regards the mikvah as a symbolic expression of rebirth. The mikvah represents the mother's womb, which is called in Hebrew, Rachem. This comes from the same root as the Hebrew word for mercy, grahamah. Immersing fully into the waters of the mikvah is like re-entering the womb, the place of mercy, of God's creative power. Emerging from the mikvah is like being born again. Isn't it crazy that the Jews had so much foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to come and do? They had so much the, the, the they had the picture painted before them. It's kind of like you ever see those guys that paint the pictures upside down, and, and then they turn it around and it's like something you've never seen before. How many of you feel stupid every time they turn it? You know, they turn around. And you're like, I should have seen that. It was a tiger. I don't know how I didn't see that. I, I haven't told my wife that looks like an upside down tiger. And then they flipped it. I was like, Oh, it was a tiger. I knew that. Um, But this is what had happened to them. They had all of these understandings, all of these principles, all of these practices, things that they had done forever that they didn't really understand why they were doing until Jesus came and said, okay, it's not like you're being born again. You are being born again, and here's what that process looks like. Jesus' desire was to take things that the Jews had already been doing and show them that it was a symbol of what they had been waiting on, which was Jesus. That same way... We all at some point encounter Jesus in our life, and then Jesus goes, listen, here is the path for after you encounter me. Now you've met me, great, what happens? What is the steps from you becoming a Christian? I have people all the time ask you, me, I've met Jesus, life is all, awesome. what do I do now? And I believe that we're called to obey Jesus. The Bible talks about us being baptized with Christ. Romans 6, 4, Let me read this to you, sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. I love this because it talks about not just our baptism being ours. That we shared in his death by our baptism. That when we go under the water, it is symbolic of Jesus who died and was under the ground for three days and then came back to life. We share in his death by our baptism that we were co-buried and entombed with him. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. I don't know about you, but I need to be empowered daily to walk in the freshness of new life. Maybe your life is simpler than mine. But daily, I need to be empowered to walk in new, fresh life. And he says this is the start of it. Why baptism? Why baptism of all the things that Jesus could do? Why is it baptism that Jesus chose to make the symbol? We call it the wedding ring of Christianity. That, that he goes, now that you've met me, I want you to be baptized. Why? He could have done anything. He could have been like, do 10 jumping jacks like that. And then everyone will know, you know if you do that. Get a tattoo. How many of you got some cool Christian tattoo? How many of you got a tattoo you thought was a cool Christian tattoo and then you went and had someone who actually knew how to read Hebrew read it and all of a sudden you realized it wasn't a cool Christian tattoo? No, not me either. I was just figuring some of you guys probably. I had this tattoo. um, And it seemed like a great idea uh, when I got it. And I said, hey, um, I want this tattoo to say, holy Fire in Hebrew. I don't even know why that was a good idea. Honestly, looking back on it, I could have come up with something way better. But the guy's like, all right, cool, listen, we're going to make sure we do this right because you don't want to misspell your Hebrew, right? I'm like, yeah, for sure. That'd be bad. And so we look it up on Google Translate. Obviously, Google Translate doesn't know what it's talking about. So I get Holy Fire tattooed on my arm, okay? And <laughs> We're gonna be close after this, because all my friends make fun of me for this. So now you'll understand. Um, and and then I go to Oral Roberts University. where We went to college, and I walk into my first year of Hebrew, and the lady's like, "Hey, I see you got a cool Hebrew tattoo there." I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Hey, how about you tell me what it says? Cause I know what it says. So like, let's just see how good your Hebrew, you know? Obviously, it was pretty good. Um, and she looks at it and she's like, mm, "What do you think your tattoo says?" I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think my tattoo says? (laughs) Like, I didn't even want to know at that point. I'm like, ignorance is bliss. Just let me keep it. You know what I mean? I don't need to know. And she was like, your tattoo, I was like, I think it says holy fire. She was like, "Eh, it kind of says like holy. I was like, all right, hey, I'll settle for that. Holy ain't bad. At least I'm holy. You know what I'm saying? Why baptism? Luke 321. I don't even know where I was going with that. I got lost in that story. Luke 321. Whatever I was saying before that, just receive it. Um, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought of Joseph, the son of Heli. I love this for multiple reasons. One, why baptism? To follow in Jesus' example. To follow in Jesus' example. How many of you know the majority of what we do as Christians is following Jesus' example? And and we do it in many other areas, but oftentimes when it comes time for things like this, people go, well, why do I need I was sprinkled as a child, or I was every decision to be baptized in the New Testament came post-decision for Jesus. So somebody said, I want to be I want to become a follower of Jesus. They're, awesome, now let's baptize you. So we traditionally believe that baptism is something that happens after you've made a decision to become a Christian. And then we go, okay, great. Now, following the example of Jesus, we're going to be baptized. I love this, not only because Jesus, who is there with all of these other people that John is baptizing. Okay, Jesus was God. Think about this. Jesus is God, was God then, fully flesh. He had no need to be baptized. John even goes, listen, why, am I, why are you, don't, I don't want to baptize you. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus goes, no, listen, it's got to be done this way. Why? Because Jesus knew that we would follow his example. I love this part of this story, though, for me personally, and if they, hopefully this helps some of you out there. It says Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. How many of you know if Jesus had to wait till he was 30 to begin his ministry? Those of you that are under 30, it's okay to not know what you're doing right now. I meet with people all the time. We have a fairly young church that so come to me and go, Pastor, I just don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I go, "How do you? I'm 22 and I'm just really concerned about the future." I'm like, "22, you like haven't even started living life yet." Like, you know, how many of you remember when you were 22? How many of you are 22 first of all? Okay. Well, all right. How many of you remember when you were 22? How many of you wish you were 22? Okay? Yeah. <laughs> you 22 is such you're so you're so young. And I tell these people, "You're so young. You don't have to worry. like We live in a culture where we want everything now, 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 now. But as I read this, I was so reminded that Jesus was so patient to wait on his calling. He was God. Like, that's pretty, I know sometimes we think we're ready to do what God's called us to do. I'm ready to practice in my field. I'm ready to start a business. I'm ready to go out and get married. I'm ready to do, we're so ready to do things. When really Jesus goes, listen, I could do anything I want to do. And yet, by his example, he waited 30 years to start doing what God had put him on this earth to do. I believe we can learn something from every part of Jesus' life, but the patience that Jesus shows in his calling, the patience he shows in waiting for his time. You know, God has your time set aside already. He knows exactly what you're going to do. He knows exactly where you'll end up. He knows what school you'll go to. He knows what job opening you need. He knows what relationship you're waiting on. God is not concerned with your worries. He understands what's to come. Trust in God and know that He is waiting for the certain time and the right time to release those things to you. Jesus is 30 years old. Why do we get baptized? One, well, to follow Jesus' example. Matthew 28 18. And then Jesus came close to the man and said, All the authority of the universe has been given to me. That's, pretty, that's, a pretty, I mean, you know, that's a pretty bold statement to make, by the way. All the authority in the universe has been given to me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. Why do we do this? We do this, one, to follow Jesus' example, because Jesus asked us to. One act of obedience is better than listening to a thousand sermons. If we say that we love Jesus, then when Jesus says things like this, as his followers, we've got to respond. We've got to go. Then, Jesus, if that's what you say, then that's what I want to do. My desire is to do whatever pleases your heart, Jesus. And if you did it, and if you said for us to go out and do it, then my desire is to do it. Two, why, do we, why baptism? To demonstrate my changed life. To demonstrate your changed life. 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter three twenty one. This was a prophetic picture of the immersion that now saves you. They're talking about, right before this, they're talking about Noah's ark. And he says, Noah took his family, went on the ark. Everyone in the world passed away but his eight. And he says, this was a prophetic picture of the immersion that now saves you. Not a bathing of the physical body. Listen to this. This is so important. Why do we do this? It's not a a bathing of the physical body. Although, listen, if you need that and you want to get baptized today, let's hold off till next time. You know what I'm saying? Like, go home take a bath. We'll get in there together next time. Bathing of the physical body but rather the response of a good conscience before God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is now in heaven at the place of supreme authority next to God. The very powers of heaven, including every angel in authority, now yield in submission to him. I love this. Why do we do it? It is a representation of the change that has happened in your life. How many of you were very different before you got saved and after you got saved? How many of you were different people? Okay. I know y'all find this hard to believe. I know, but I was a very different person than the person you see now. Okay, I had a beard. You saw that in that other video, so that's different. Uh, no, I was a very different person. Like Alex, all the time goes. We go home and I run into people, and they go, "What are y'all doing now?" And she goes, "Well, you know, can we started a church." And they're like, "With who?" And she's like, "Christian." And they're like, "Christian who?" And she's like, "My husband." They're like, "This can't be. <laughs> that's not how it works." Good people do good things. Bad people do other things. Like you can't, it doesn't make sense. And um, I was a very different person. When Jesus changed me, I was so excited to get baptized because I wanted everyone to see that something new had started in my life. And how many of y'all know, I was never ashamed when I was sinning publicly. I don't know if that, I was never, ever ashamed. Like, I was, I was, I was just not ashamed. Let's just leave it there. I was just not ashamed. I'm a great time at the club. Like we'd be out there, I was the guy shutting the club down. You know, like Alex will tell you many stories. I'll give you one, but don't ever, if you ever tell anybody I told you this, I'll tell them you're lying and that you're not even in the church. So, um, we're probably 20, 21, and um, I, we, we, we're at this big club with all our friends dancing, and there's a guy techno dancing. You ever see the guys techno dancing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, try catching and throwing lights and doing all kinds of stuff. And there's a big circle forming around them because now we're all excited. Everybody's like, man, look at this guy dancing. Look at this guy dancing. And I'm feeling good about myself in general. And probably had a little liquid courage in me that night. And I look over at Alex and our friends and I go, hey, um, you want me to challenge this guy? You want to show him what's up? Now, there's like, there's like 300 people in this thing, okay, and it's just like music loud. Everyone is watching this one guy. And Alex looked at me and she goes, baby, you don't have to do this. You know that's her way of just going, please don't do this. Of course, our other friends are like, yeah, you should totally challenge this guy. And I'm like, all right, listen, I don't know how to dance, okay, but I know how to have fun. So I go out there and I'm just doing what I think looks good. And I decide that a handstand should be thrown in there, because that seems like something you do when you dance like that. And I do a handstand and I get like straight, you know, vertical, and I realize at that point, like I was, I was feeling way better than I thought I was currently feeling. Um, and and I, th- I thought I was about at a 5, and I was really about at a 9, you know what I mean? And, and, and I just got straight up and just realized this, this plane's going down. And just straight on my back, like as hard as you can fall. I'm 6'4". That's a lot. That's a lot of fall speed, okay, coming down. It was like a movie. Like all the music went off. Like everything stopped. Like it was like, and it's dead silent. <laughs> I'm laying there, everybody's like, oh! and then I, I'm like, I think I'm good. Like, you know, I'm trying to like take inventory of my body. I'm like, I think I'm, I think I'm good. So I jump back up, and of course everybody, you know, ah! and the music comes back on. And the moral of the story is I had no problem sitting publicly, okay? I have zero problems when I was living for the devil, going out there and doing anything I wanted to do. I was not concerned. I was not, I remember I'd come home and dad has a large church in our town and he would go, you know, Christians, somebody, I woke up this morning to a call. Somebody said they saw you at the keg last night. The keg was a, a big bar. It wasn't like an actual keg. They did have an actual keg. But it was like a big bar in Lafayette. Until so he goes, somebody said they saw you at the keg last night. Please, Christian, why, why, why do you do this to us? You know what? Now, you got to remember, they have. We're Lafayette, Louisiana. It's not a, a very big town, you know. Probably three hundred thousand people, and and they have a church of ten thousand people there. So, Dad is fairly well known. Our family's fairly well known. And and um, if if I was out at the club, they were gonna they were gonna find out about it. And he would just go, you know, why why do you gotta god do you gotta do this stuff? And I I don't know. I saw a lot of people at the keg, at the keg last night. I don't know who it was. You know, it could have been anybody. Any of these spies trying to ruin my life and. The moral is, I was not worried about who saw me out at the club. I was not worried about who saw me dancing. I was not worried about who saw me cutting up. I was not worried about, I, I wasn't worried about any of those things. So I made a decision that when Jesus did something in my life, I wasn't going to be worried about the, the, the byproducts of that either. That I wasn't going to be ashamed of going, hey, you know what, this is something that God's doing in my life. I wasn't going to be ashamed of the areas that maybe I thought, well, what, what are these friends going to think? Listen, it didn't matter. Jesus asked me to do it, and if my loyalties lie with Jesus, and if my heart is set on Jesus, and if my desire is to please Jesus, and if all I want is to do what he asked me to do, then I'm going to do what Jesus asked me to do. One, because he asked us to to follow his example. Two, to demonstrate the change that he had in our lives. Number three, to declare my commitment publicly. Acts three, Acts eight thirty five. Acts 8, 35, Philip started with this passage and shared with him the wonderful message of Jesus. I love this story. Probably one of my top five favorite stories in scripture. Philip started with this passage and shared with him the wonderful message of Jesus. As they were traveling down the road, the man said, so this is the story of the Ethiopian, okay? I didn't wanna read y'all the whole thing because it's kind of long and you guys would just be staring at me and that's weird. But there's this Ethiopian eunuch. You know what a eunuch is? That's a longer story, all right? So there's an Ethiopian eunuch And he's on his way, he's walking, and Philip and him meet up on a path, moral of the story. Philip and him start talking. Philip is sharing with him the message of Jesus. The guy's reading a Bible, and he goes, do you know what you're reading? And the guy goes, no. He goes, let me explain it to you. Philip started with this passage and shared with him the wonderful message of Jesus. As they were traveling down the road, the man said, look, here's a pool of water. Why don't I get baptized right now? Philip replied, if you believe with all your heart, I'll baptize you. The man answered, I believe that Jesus is the anointed one, the son of God. The Ethiopians stopped his chariot and they went into the water and Philip baptized him. I love this because when you see people that encounter Jesus that have never had an idea of who Jesus is, the, the concept of obedience to Jesus is just natural. Isn't it crazy? He explains to what's supposed to happen and goes, you know, you get saved, you get baptized, you go on with life. The, the unit goes, well, like, here's water right here. Let's do this thing. And Paul, uh, uh, Philip's like, hey, let's do this thing. All right. They jump down there. He baptized him. Here's the back end of this story. When they trace the lineage back all of the way to all of the Christians in Africa, the only place that they can trace it back to is this encounter with this Ethiopian eunuch and Philip. So think about it this man encounters someone on the road. He tells them about Jesus. He gets baptized. He goes back to his country and is the reason for every Christian who currently is in Africa today. Think about that. What is it that creates a life like that? What is it that creates a life that in 100 years, 200 years, 500 years, 1,000 years, people would look back and go, because of that one person's obedience, my whole world is different. Because of that one person's obedience, my whole family is different. Because of that one person's obedience, our children are different. Listen to me, you never know what is on the other side of your obedience, but what we do know is that when we obey what Jesus asks us to do, it always impacts far more people than just you. It always impacts far more people than just you. I'm so reminded of me and Alex, and you all have heard me share the story about me baptizing Alex and how cool of a moment that was when when we were at Highlands, and um, there that day, Alex goes in to the bathroom, and she's changing, and she's in there, and she comes out, and she goes, you're not going to believe what happened, and I'm like, what happened? She goes, I go in there, and there's a girl in the bathroom, and I hear her in the stall, and she's like crying, and, and she said, I, I go in, and I just go, okay, you know, I have a check on her, and she's knock on the door, and hey, are you okay, and the girl comes out, and she goes, yeah, you know, I just got, I'm, 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 I'm trying to decide if I should do this whole baptism thing. I'm just... My parents are here and, you know, some of my friends are here and it's just, I'm, I'm, I've just lived, I've had a rough life and I've struggled with different stuff and I just really don't want them to see because if they see, you know, I don't want to let them down if they think that I'm, and Alex just looked at her and she said, listen, you, you can do this. You can do this. Let's, let's do this together. Okay. Jesus is doing something in your life. Go on the journey. This is part of the journey. Jump in, take a step. Let's do this together. They go out there. I baptized both of them. Alex and this girl begin a friendship. This girl is one of the most unbelievable stories of life change. One day I'll have her come and share her story. Unbelievable story of life change. I mean, I, I, could, just, I could just weep thinking about what God has done in her life. I remember Alex coming out and going, I don't, that, that night we're laying a bit talking and we're going, hey, isn't it so cool, like I got to baptize you, how cool is that? And she goes, Christian, I don't think, I don't think today was for me. I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, I know, I got baptized, and it was great, and it was awesome. I think I was supposed to be there, though, for her. I think I was supposed to do that because she needed someone to walk through this experience with. She needed someone to nudge her. She needed someone else's obedience to push her over the edge. Because let me tell you this, when you obey Jesus, it is never just for you. It is always for someone else. Our obedience to Jesus never just affects us. us. It affects the rest of our world. Who's waiting on your obedience? Who's waiting to see your changed life? Who's waiting to see you follow the example that Jesus said? Because as you step out and as you follow the example and as they see your changed life, you begin to impact the world around you. Why baptism? Because it's the first step of obedience in a long line of many steps of obedience let me tell you this, this whole Christian journey, and I say this all the time, this whole Christian journey is just that. It is a long journey. Eugene Peterson wrote a book called The Long Road of Obedience in the Same Direction. You know what the Christian walk is? It is a long road of obedience in the same direction. And it's taking one step after another. And Jesus, if you ask me to do this, I'll do it. And Jesus, if you ask me to talk to them, I'll talk to them. And Jesus, if you ask me to get baptized, I'll get baptized. And Jesus, if you ask me to lift my hands, I'll lift my hands. And Jesus, if you ask me to speak to the person I work with, I'll speak to the person I work with. And Jesus, if you ask me to love my wife, I'll love my wife. And Jesus, if you ask Jesus, whatever you ask me to do, I want my life to be a life of obedience. I want my life to be a life that when I look back I can say I was just taking steps of obedience one after another. And all of us have some idea of where we want to get in the future and what we want our life to look like and what our calling looks like and what our future business looks like. and And we want that picture right now. But let me just tell you this. You get that picture by taking one step of obedience and another step of obedience and another step of obedience and another step of obedience. And And one day you look up and the steps of obedience you have taken have aligned to put you exactly where God called you to be. It doesn't just happen for anyone. No one wakes up and is where God created them to be. It happens when we start taking steps of obedience. And as we take steps of obedience, God begins to guide and direct our path. But all of it starts with the first thing that Jesus ever asked from us, which was, hey, would you, go, would you be baptized with me? Would you go under to show the old person is dying and a new person is coming to life? Okay, we don't put anything in the water. It's not like any of the water is magical, okay? But it is a representation that if Jesus needed to do it, then I need to do it. If Jesus thought it was important enough to go under and be cleansed and come out and go, I am a new person. Now, you know, I, Jesus was a lot better than you or me. I promise. And if he needed it, then we need it. We need it because the world needs us. And it's the first step of obedience in a long line of obedience. God's desire, and again, I encourage you, man. It's so cool. I love studying this message because of all of the Jewish symbolism in there. This to them is reality. They still do this. This is like still their life, okay? That if 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 they're sick, women every time after they go through their cycle every month, they cannot go back into their wedding bed until they go in mikvah and they take a okay because for them it's like you were unclean now you bathe now you're clean okay you're sick you have a disease you got to go you got to go mikvah and then before they get married you got to start over you got to because every time to them they're immersed in the water and come out it's like they're brand new. God's desire is that you and me would see ourselves the same way. This wouldn't just be for show. This wouldn't just be for Instagram. This wouldn't just be because I'm asking you to do it. This would be that when we go under, everything that you wish you could leave with Jesus in the grave goes in the grave with Jesus. And while you're only under for a split second, (laughs) one of our sweet ladies asked me, she goes, how long do you hold me under for? Because i got emphysema. I'm like, five minutes. Can you hold your breath that long? (laughs) If not, we'll just, you know, dunk you twice, you'll go to heaven, bring you up once, you'll be there. It'll be awesome. It's just a short second. But all the things that we wish we could leave with Jesus in that moment, we get to leave there. Your hurts, your past, the mistakes you wish that. that and, and it is a divider in our life that when people look back and go, remember when you and you go, hey man, that was my that was the old me. I left that in the water. I left that with Jesus. I left that in the past. I left that. That's the old me. Because your obedience is what the world needs. The world needs people who are willing to obey Jesus and just do whatever it is that he's asking us to do. And this is the first step of obedience after we become a believer and a long step, long line of steps of obedience. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, we're so aware that obedience is better than sacrifice. That it's our obedience you want. It's our heart you want, Jesus. It's our desire to follow you. It's our desire to trust in you. It's our desire to go where you ask us to go, to do what you ask us to do. Jesus, we're aware that that's really what you want from us. Today, God, we come to you and we just say, we just want to obey. We just want to do what it is that you ask of us. We want to follow your example, Jesus. We want the world to see that we are different. We want to demonstrate our changed life, God. And we want to declare publicly, Jesus, that it is all about you. We want to put the wedding band of Christianity on and say, Jesus, I'm yours. I followed your example. I've done what you've asked me to do. And it's the first step of many steps in our relationship. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and maybe some of you here that go, Christian, I've never um, you talk about church and you know, relationship. I've never encountered a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've been to church or you've encountered religion, but you've never had a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you thought God was mad at you, or maybe you weren't good enough for Jesus, or you messed up too many times. And I want you to know Jesus loves you just how you are. His desire is to embrace you and walk you on a journey that all of us are on. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you a decision, a chance today, that if you've never made that decision, you can go, Christian, would you just pray for me today? I want to start that relationship with Jesus, not religion, not church. not. I want to begin a genuine relationship with Jesus. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up for me? Nobody's looking at this between me and you. I just want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. Last time, anybody else? That's you. You want to start that relationship today. Amen. Now listen, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. You can say it out loud. You can say it under your breath. You can say it in your heart. As long as you mean it, Jesus is looking for your heart. That's what he wants. So if you would, just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, today I realize how much I need you. I realize that without you, life just doesn't make sense. Today, Lord Jesus, I want you to know that I believe that you were the Son of God. I believe that you came from heaven to earth to live a perfect life. And then I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross, a death I should have paid to pay my sin bill so that I didn't have to. And then, Jesus, I believe that you rose to life again to give me freedom and a new life. Today, Lord Jesus, I choose you. I choose to follow you. I choose to trust you. Whatever it is that you ask of me, Jesus, the answer is yes in advance. Today, I become a follower of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, Amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Amen. Well, hey, listen, thank you guys so much for being here with us today. Next week we are starting our new series that I'm so excited about. It's called Bigger Than I Thought. and We're going to break down all the times that God is so much bigger than we realize in life. You know, God is bigger than what we can fathom. God, God is bigger than what our minds are capable of fathoming oftentimes. So we're going to break that down as we enter into this Easter month. It's going to be a great month for us. I'm so excited. Um, but I'm glad that we get to kick it off with baptisms. Hey, if you are getting baptized, you can go right out there to the Next Steps booth when we, when we end, and um, they'll get you set up. We'll do it fast. I'm going to hold you underwater for five minutes. And listen, if anyone does, I was a medic in the Air Force. I can take care of you, okay? I can do CPR as long as your teeth are brushed. If not, I'm going to need you to tell me that. Them, I have somebody else do CPR. <laughs> One of the interns. Josh, get in here. Kiss this woman. <laughs> he's, looking for a, he's looking for a wife. So if there's anyone wants to sandlot it, today's the day to do it, you know. <laughs> sandlot, what a great movie. Um, Speaking of great movies, just because just we have a second, I just want to tell you guys this. Started watching all the Rockies again, okay? And last night, I was so proud, such a proud dad moment. I came in, and my son Eli was like watching Rocky 2, which, if you know Rockies, is kind of a slow one. Like, there's not a lot of fighting. And he was so into it. Like, he was like, but it was just like Rocky and Adrian, and they were just like having like normal conversation in their house. And he was just like into it. I'm like, hey, it's time for bed. He's like, I got to watch this. I'm like, what are you, they're, they're just talking about like life. He's like, yeah, but. They're gonna fight at some point. Like, <laughs> so, great movie. Um, hey, listen, um, I, I love you guys so much. Easter's gonna be such a fun. We have so much great stuff planned for you for Easter, um, and hopefully the weather's better. We're gonna do a big Easter egg hunt. You have kids, grandkids, bring them. We're gonna throw out so many eggs out there, and there's not a lot of grass to hide them in, so everybody gets candy. You know what I mean? We're just like, look, is that an egg? They're like, that's a hundred eggs. You're like, oh, looks like you found them. So. Go ahead and pick those up. Um, so it will be a great time. How many of you were here last year when we did that? How many were here last year for Easter? Cool, cool. A lot of fun. Kids loved it. We'll have a photo booth. We'll have a, um, a rabbit pinata. I don't know. Something crazy. We might just get crazy. We just might just hang rabbit pinatas everywhere. Hey, if you can't prepare to worship with your giving today, we have three ways you can do that. If you want to give to the rabbit pinatas, you can give in an offering envelope. Um, put that in the bucket. Hey, um, also on those cards, fill out where it says my prayer request is at the bottom. You can take those. You can put all those cards in the offering buckets. We pray over those every single week. Pray for you guys on Saturday morning, more than you know, all week long. Y'all are on our hearts. You can give online at valleyrisechurch.com. Click the giving link, or you can text Valley Rise in the amount to 77296. Like I say, every single week, because I want you all to know, we want everything for you and nothing from you. The Bible says every man should decide in his own heart what the Lord would have him give. So I will never ask you to give anything. We ask you to ask God, and whatever God tells you to do, we ask you to take that step of obedience, because we trust that all of us are on that long road of obedience with Jesus. If you would, bow your heads, pray for this, and we'll let you get out of here. Dear God, thank you so much for each and every person here. God, thank you for the gift of relationships. Thank you for the gift of a spiritual family, God. Thank you that we get to do this thing called life together. God, I pray that you would bless our people. I pray that you would watch over them, keep them, protect them. God, return to them a hundredfold what they give to you, Jesus. God, we know that what we give, we don't give to a church. We don't give to a man. We give to you, God. And God, I ask that you would return to them a hundredfold. God, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would keep them. I pray that you would watch over them and protect them. I pray that everything they set their hand to, seeking first the kingdom of God, God, that they would thrive in, and it would be an abundant life in every area of their life, every aspect of their job, every aspect of their relationships. God, bless them to the fullest, I pray. Thank you so much for these people. Thank you for Valley Rice Church. Bless our time together. Let this be the greatest week ever. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.